This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. From Bar Bill in Rochester, New York. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovey. We said we were taking the show on the road. And here we are. Let's go. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're 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 watching here, but we, we're actually sitting across from each other. People don't know that. <laughs> I was so worried that we were going to have to do this entire thing in just silence. So please go back, everybody, to small talk and enjoying yourselves. It's really, really weird talking when everybody's sitting there watching. People always ask you, like, oh, you're on TV. You don't get like uncomfortable, do you? Oh, I get so uncomfortable. Absolutely. I feel all of the eyes in the back of my head right now. This is so creepy. But I thank always, you all for coming. This is amazing. I always say, I always say just envision, if you're really nervous on stage, envision everybody else in their underwear. So everybody's envisioning you in their underwear. Yeah, right that's great. Just what they all want to see, I'm sure. Hey, 1129 Empire Boulevard in Rochester. Thank you so much, Barbill. It's a great staff. They're having us out. We got lots of wings. We got drinks. We got really good conversation. And we got a Buffalo Bills practice today that there was a, you hear that silence? That was what it was like when Josh Allen went down today yeah. at training camp practice. We have to start off with that. What did you see from your vantage point? Well, it happened like five feet away from me. So we are now allowed to say kind of things that are happening at practice. We can't go into crazy detail. So what I can tell you is it was not a play where Josh Allen was throwing, and uh, it was not a play where he was running. That's what I can tell you. So get a little bit creative when you're thinking about it. The play happened right in front of me. He was running to the sideline. He got taken down pretty hard. By now, I think most people probably know it was a guy who is a lot of people immediately say like, oh, that player's getting cut. That player wow. ain't getting cut. It's not happening. He made a really, really big play let against the just, Ravens in the playoffs. Josh was catching a pass and Taron Johnson was covering him. It's been out there. We can say Yeah, it. okay. It's been out there. So Taron takes him to the ground. He very clearly was trying to slow down. Like he didn't I take him to the ground. No, he, he, Josh he, fell and he, he looked him, right? like he was trying to catch him and stop him from ultimately yes. going to the ground. It happened right in front of me, like I said. Josh was probably down for five seconds or so, got up, started laughing, immediately went to Dawson, who, you know, threw the pass to him basically. They seemed like it was fine. They ended practice on that play, and then a couple minutes later, he went over to Taron Johnson, kind of slapped him up, gave him a hug. It made it seem like they were good. Then Josh, there was a ton of national media at practice today, yeah. so he kind of did like the media tour. So he was walking all over the campus, and, you know, it, it did not seem like he was running everywhere, but it also seems like he was pretty fine. Like, he signed autographs. He was meeting people. He was going to do all these interviews. It didn't seem like there was anything crazy that happened. So there's two components to this, all right? Yeah. Number one, it's the play to make sure Josh is okay, which yeah. we think he is. I mean, would you be stunned if he didn't practice tomorrow just to kind of precautionary, hey, make yes. sure he's okay? I don't know. Um, but there's a second component. Yes. Why is Ken Dorsey running this play in a setting where it's the first day of pads and guys are flying around? I think there's got to be a question asked about whether that was the smartest thing to do or not. Well, here's my counterpoint. I think a lot of people last year said that Ken Dorsey was not creative enough. These are things that we saw with Brian Dable. Heck, they were in the exact same play in Tennessee on Monday Night Football on yeah. a two-point conversion, and it worked. So there's something to be said about if you are going to implement these plays that you need to at least practice them in some setting, and there is no place more familiar and safe than at your own training camp on the first day when even though everybody says they're going 100%, they're not actually going 100%. I would tell you that that that's fine. Run that play as much as you want. Run it in a walkthrough. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right, but I don't think anything really happened. Like, it was very fluky. Like, that could have happened to Josh in any situation. That could have happened to Josh just dropping back and somebody not making contact with him but bumping into him, and then he falls on the ground. Like, it did not seem like when they went over that play, 
I don't think the plan was for him to fall onto the ground and lie no, there for a couple not. seconds. I just think you can minimize the risk of anything like that happening if you say, look, I mean, this is a play we want to work on, but if you put him in that environment where guys have pads on and they're flying around, something could happen that you don't want. I, I understand. Something can happen on any play where somebody slips, hits his leg. You never want that to happen. I would venture a guess, though, that we will not see anything like that in a padded setting going forward. You know that scene in Christmas Story where he's got all the coats on and he can barely get up and he's rolling around? He's like, I can't put my arms down. That's how I feel like we're going to see Josh for the rest of training camp. Basically, like in bubble wrap, and it's like, do not touch Josh. Do not get anywhere close to Josh. And honestly, you see everything that's happening around the league every single year at training camp. The most important thing is getting out of this healthy. Like there's going to be players that get nicked up along the way, making sure that your starting players, your superstar players are ready to go for the Jets on September 11th. That's the most important thing. Well, Sean McDermott said prior to, was it Sunday's practice mm-hmm. that there have been no significant injuries of note. There were a couple guys get banged up. I think culture, the wide receiver might today. He, today he left the field. Looked like it could be something mm-hmm. that maybe to monitor, we had Kyron Brown, the cornerback, and wide receiver uh, Brian Thompson. Otherwise, looks like everything's been good other than, the obviously, the Naeem Hines injury yeah. right before camp. Let me ask you this. So by the time people listen to this, maybe we'll already know the answer. Do you think there's a chance they sit Josh for a day? Just to say, let's well, make sure you're – I, I mean, think there's a chance. I don't know any – I have no info on it. Yeah. I do think there's a chance. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance because why? They have an off day on Wednesday. Yeah. You sit him one day – or maybe you dial him back a little bit. Maybe yeah. You don't have to sit him. Make you sure that the only thing he's doing, he's maybe he takes no team reps, just individual reps. Yeah. The limited, like, designation when we go out to regular practice. Yeah, well, it's like the whole week of the Minnesota Vikings game where we had no idea, was he going to play? Was he not going to play? What was he going to do? What was he not going to do? I think I heard him say to multiple people while sitting there walking around that he was fine. He made it clear that he – although what else was he going to say? He wasn't going to say, like, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. He made it seem like everything was okay. I mean, the guy's a semi-truck. I think that he's going to be fine. You obviously don't want this stuff to happen, but I did not leave practice overly concerned about Josh's status. I agree with you there. We'll see where it goes. In the meantime, there have been some players that have been standing out. We're going to get to those in a little while. Before we do, off-field news, great news. On Sunday, Kim Pagula was at practice. She stayed in the vehicle that she was yes. in with Terry and the family and security right mm-hmm. there. But Matt, 14 months removed, essentially, yeah. from her medical event. And I say it like that because I don't want to get it wrong if I say it's wrong. Yeah. So you can do, correct me. Cardiac arrest, mm-hmm. um, heart attack, stroke, wake, the, the way you want to term it. I say medical event because of that. In any regard, just want to be respectful. It was great to see her, mm-hmm. the fact that she was just out there. For sure. I think that that's a step in the right direction, right? You went from seeing her everywhere, every place, Sabres, Bills, events in the community. She was all over the place. She was super involved. That's one of the reasons why so many people love her. And then for her to not be around, like I remember the stadium ceremony for the groundbreaking, and it was weird that she wasn't there. And you wondered, like, man, I really wish that she could have been there. And I know a lot of people probably felt the same way because she was so involved in those negotiations before everything happened. So I think this is a step in the right direction. Obviously, making sure she's healthy is the most important thing. But it's a good sign as you continue to try and, you know, battle your way back, get healthier. And who knows if life ever gets back to what it was. But hopefully just being more involved and being more around. I think that's what everybody wants to see. No doubt about it. A great step. Great news. Kim Bagula showing up at practice. So you and I are both Italian. We both talk a lot. We both use our hands. Yeah. I'm worried one of these glasses is going to fall because you're sitting there. Shaking Am I shaking you. the table? No, no, it's okay. And I love it because I'm like, this is great. Matt, yeah. Talk hands like I do. Uh-huh. I'm away from it, but I bet you I'd be doing it. Thank God I'm not here because I think we would actually like shake these drinks down basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we do, then we're going to have to cut the podcast short <laughs> because they might short circuit a little bit. But, you know, that's well, just the way it is. We're not going to be eating during the podcast. We're going to do that a little bit later. Uh, when we do eat, we're going to be getting some wings real quick off the top. Favorite wing from Barbell. Cajun honey butter barbecue. It's not even a question. I don't even think there's anything. Cajun honey barbecue. Cajun honey butter barbecue. Oh. Have you never had this wing? I have not. Oh, my gosh. Tonight will be the first time. because Tonight you get to try it. Cajun honey butter barbecue is legitimately, I'm not just saying this because we're here, my favorite wing on the planet. 
not kidding. Okay. It is that good. I think it's like the favorite wing of most of the guys on the team, too. Probably I mean, Barbell's right. right there. It's 10 minutes from the stadium. They go right. a ton. I, I can't believe that you've never had it. Like that, I'm almost like a little bit like shocked that you haven't had it. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I may have had it at other places. I haven't had, had it at Barbell. You got to have it tonight. Okay. And Jenna's going to try it also. Jenna Cottrell from Wham just walked in. She's gonna, she's have you had it? But not Cajun honey butter barbecue. Okay. We're gonna we're, we'll have Jenna join us here in a little while. Talk some wings. Yes. Talk about the Buffalo Bills. Um, by the way, you bring it up a great point. Barbell and in, in Rochester, Barbell and East Aurora. I mean, they've expanded out here. And, and Clarence. Clarence and the North Towns. Go North so, Towns. That's right. So wherever you want to go, there's going to be a Barbell somewhere. Uh-huh. And, you know, we're really happy that they're having you know, us here. You know about the whole regular thing at the East Aurora location that if you're a regular, you get the mug and it stays on the wall. No. So back in the day, I mean, I guess it started years and years and years ago. I don't know if it still goes on because I don't spend a ton of time in East Aurora. But I do know back in the day, like my dad went to Barbell all the time because he was an East Aurora guy. He lived right on the border of Elma and East Aurora. They've been cranking out unbelievable wings for a long. And it's not just wings. It's beef on whack, too. All right. So are you you a beef on whack guy? Um, Yes, I do like beef on whack. Yeah. I actually went to the Bison's game at beef on whack like about three weeks ago. Where'd you go? Bison's game. Oh, they got good ones there? Yeah, beef on wax sitting right there. You can get it some right there. They have a beef on wax station, you know, to go and they have a pizza station and whatever, yeah. ice cream. And there was beef on wax right there. Um, audio, if you're listening on audio, thank you so much. iTunes, Spotify, wherever that is. But we are on video. We're doing this on video today. However you consume us, we totally appreciate it. At Sal Sports on the YouTube channel. So thank you. All right. Let's get into training camp and some of the on-field issues that are going on. I say, shouldn't say it like an issue, like a problem. But some of the hot topics we've been talking about, including who's going to win the middle linebacker spot. Yeah. Why wow, you're going right to the linebacker, huh? I love it. I do. Holding hold back no punches. I, listen. We've got entire episodes about middle linebacker. Well, let's do it. Middle linebacker, Bale Inspector, Tyrell Dodson, Terrell Bernard, AJ Klein. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like every single one of them is getting run. Bale Inspector has gone from the second team to the first team back to the third team. And I don't think that's because of his play. No. I think that's because that's the plan to get these guys more reps. Yeah. Well, I think that for Balen Spector, that's how he's going to make the team. I'm not ready to talk about Balen Spector as the starting middle linebacker on this team, but I am willing to say, like, I think he's going to make the team. That was not a foregone conclusion a week ago. But, I mean, they're giving him reps all over the place. They like the versatility. I would still say I do not think he's the favorite to win the job. I don't know. Do you think that, Do you think he is? No. Who do you think is? Tyrell Dodson. So do I. I think Terrell Bernard has an, a golden opportunity to take that. The reason I think it's Tyrell Dodson is because of actually a question that you asked Von Miller the first day and his response oh, yeah. to it with his tone. Good observation, like he, to me, made that seem like it's going to be him. Not like, oh, well, we'll see if it's him. Because I know he got those first team reps that first day. He made it sound like, you know, Von's a pretty convincing guy. He made it sound like, yeah, that's the guy. What do you mean a competition? That's Tyrell Dodson's job. Of course, that changes day by day. I like what we've seen from Terrell Bernard. I think Bale Inspector has overall been solid. Bale Inspector getting a little bit of run at different spots. I Look, I think this team has operated in a manner which leads me to believe that Tyrell Dodson will be the starter until someone takes the job from him because Sean McDermott, generally plays the person he feels is the safest and not going to hurt him the most. Yeah, well, that's why I think Tyrell Dodson's the favorite there, and that's why I still think Dane Jackson, even though I don't necessarily agree with it, is probably the favorite to win this cornerback two job. I think that they will go with the guys they know. Wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. You say still. We did it. No, sitting here. I, I never said that I thought he shouldn't, or excuse me, that he should. I think they shouldn't. That's we different. Asked, didn't we ask on this podcast not long ago yeah. who's going to win the job? I didn't think he was going to. I think he will now. Okay. Just the See, way. See now that's right. So now you're now you're saying I got five now days. I got now five. I got five days under my belt. But you think Dane or do you? Think, no. Listen to this. I convinced you guys. Well, no. She D. was. I think she I was with D. you. Okay. Get Jenna in here for a second. Get over here and get on the mic. Get Jenna. Okay. Wait. You're both you're both with me now. Yeah. Okay. The question was a month ago. Jenna Cottrell, Buffalo Plus, thirteen Wham, joining okay. us. Jenna, don't be nervous. You're on camera. I know. Oh my okay. god. I I wore I a hoodie because I thought we would be casual. <laughs> it's okay. 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 A month ago, we said on this podcast, who's going to win the job? I had Jane Jackson, Dane Jackson. You had Kyrie. Yeah. 
you had Benford. I think I had Kair. You had Benford, yeah, maybe? Benford. Something like that, yes. Okay. yes. And the reason I gave was exactly what we said. Sean McDermott plays the guy. It gives him, and until someone takes that job, I can't see it. Now, I get why you think he could. they could take the job. What do you think now, a month later? I think it's almost similar to middle linebacker, where McDermott would want the younger guys to win. But at the same point, he's going to go with the trusted hand. And they're going to go to the player that wins the job that they can trust and rely on. And because of that, I do think it's going to be Dane. Okay. And I think, too, with both of the jobs, everywhere else on this team is so dynamic defensively. Like with your pass rushers, with your corners, well, I guess Tredavious, with your safeties. Those almost should be spots where they're not going to hurt you. Not that they're going to like take over and win you games. And I feel like that's actually, I've grown up a little bit because a couple months ago, I would have said like, you got to take the guy with the highest upside. But I think that's still a little naive because you got to remember like this team's in their window. This team could win a Super Bowl. Like don't give yourself more questions that you need to. You look like you're about to say. I think it's, this team is so good. It is a competition. You have to win it. You have to earn it. It's not the upside. I think this team is too good to be like, well, you'll take some licks in the field. It's like, who can be the guy that can be the guy? And they want to figure that out sooner rather than later. And I think Dane has had a lot of experience already. And you're right. The upside for a Benford or a Kyir Elam right, is so higher. Let me ask you this question. The floor is lower. What, what, what has been the criticism of this team, this defense, in the biggest of moments, maybe too little too passive? Yeah, not aggressive so enough. Isn't there, isn't there at least an argument to be made for one of the other guys that don't go with the safe guy? Mm-hmm. Go with the guy that might make the play, even though, sure, there's a risk there, but the, the reward might be better. You know, what's weird is we keep talking about, like, Kyir Elam. Kyir Elam had an interception in the red zone against Patrick Mahomes in the Chief, and that turned out to be a crucial play in that game. Kyir Elam had an interception against the Dolphins in a playoff game. So in big moments, he has made big plays, but for whatever the reason, it just seems like he can't completely solidify the job. Maybe they are being overcautious with him. I still think, though, if he doesn't win the job, it is a disappointment given it's a second year. They used a first-round pick on him. I mean, we're going to talk later in this podcast about Dalton Kincaid. Like, the expectations are now through the roof. He was picked earlier than Dalton Kincaid was a year ago. Uh, look, I I agree with all of that about these guys. But this team is trying to win a Super Bowl, and it just feels like you're going to have to go even above and beyond the guy who was our corner one last year when Tredavious White was out. Not just make a few plays, but I think McDermott, I think the way they operate is I just can't leave anything to chance that I think you could get beat in a really bad situation. As much as you might make a play, I'd rather have the, 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 re- the risk taken out of it, even though I'm not getting the reward. No, I, I think that's very fair. And you could make a point to either side. You could say, go with the younger guy. There's so much more upside. There's so much more talent. Let him develop. Let him get burned. But also, I get why you're like, this Bill schedule is hard. Like, there are not a lot of easy games. They need to win. They need to win in the division. They need to start off with a fast start to the season. So it's like, I get why you would have Dane Jackson in there. Because he's kind of the, I don't want to say safety blanket, but you know what you're getting. Whereas some of the other guys, maybe there is the potential for them to make big plays, but there are potential for them to cost you on big plays as well. I drove for a long time a Toyota RAV4, okay? I feel like that's the conversation. It got me from point A to point B every single time. I got 200,000 miles out of that thing. I drove it into the ground. I feel like that's the conversation here. It's like that's the safe thing. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. It. It's not the flashiest thing in the world, right. but it did the job. Right. But then eventually it was time to move on. And we <laughs> moved on. But for a long time, it just kept fighting. That thing just made that got towed out of my driveway so many times. <laughs> and it always made its way back, man. That little Toyota RAV4. All right, Jenna, stick around, but before you leave here, what's your favorite type of wing? My favorite type of wing? Chicken wing. Okay. First of all, I'm a flats gal. Like, I'm team flats. Flats all the way. Flats. You can leave now. No. Okay. Drums, right? Yeah. Drums, baby. Yeah. See, okay. I'm getting I'm getting praise from outside. You got, you got super fan Sarah See, no, over but this here. This is good. This is good because we can split wings 
and not you, we don't have to fight. It's not a territory say, battle. I've come around to flats more old as I've I've I aged and matured. Exactly. Because I eat them a certain way to really then you I, oh this is why. Yes. See, you're you're becoming more mature. You have yeah. better taste as you get older. The flats are where it's at. I think for me, I mean, I do love occasion. I love lemon pepper too. Like I feel like lemon pepper is severely underrated. Yeah. But then also like classic hot buffalo wings. Yeah. Like that's that's also where it's at. Give me a good place in Rochester besides Barbell, like a really good wing place besides Barbell, because they only opened about a month ago here. We're here right at the end of training camp. Obviously, we know a lot about Barbell from Buffalo, from Clarence and from East Aurora. Are there any other places here that really do a good job? I like Genes like Genesee Brewery. I like their wings. I think they're pretty good. But there's like I feel like the the standard wing you get anywhere in Rochester is pretty good. Like I feel like there's a place I'm forgetting. But we hang out at the Pittsburgh pub. I like their wings. I was gonna we say, go I feel like I feel like everyone in Western New York takes yeah. pride in their wings for the most part. So I feel like Thanks. you're gonna get a good wing really wherever you go. Some wings are exceptional, yeah. but for the most part, like I'll go and I'll travel and other places you go down like south no, or they're awful. I'm like, what do you it's simple? It's you I fry know. it, you put it in the sauce, you toss it. I'm like, why is it so bad? Mike Catalana just walked in, <laughs> and we're like, you can this with me we're in, we're in Rochester, yeah, and I think the entire room just <laughs> stopped basically yeah. because Catalana was here. This is impressive. Is there like a smoke machine that he traveled? It's just like they put it out when you walk in the door or something. Right, I'm gonna turn the camera there for you, buddy. There we go. Now I am not right? kidding. Wherever there we go, we go yes. wherever we go, yes, I travel sir. with Mike a lot, yes, obviously sir, for work and. It's just constant Mike Catalana. Are you Mike Catalana? Oh my God, that's Mike Catalana. Is that, and they'll ask me, is that, is that Mike? And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's him. He's the mayor, unofficial mayor. <laughs> Sal and I live with this. Just because you're Italian. <laughs> um, well, there's a reason why it's not called a selfie in Buffalo. It's called a selfie. Oh. <laughs> oh. You can take one before you leave. Listen, we're talking about favorite wing. What's your favorite wing? Favorite win? Wow. Wing, wing. Oh, oh, wing. Oh, oh, I thought you said win. I thought we were talking football. I, I am, I am not, I am a, I am a regular hot, crispy wing guy. I like medium wings. I mean, is there something wrong with that? It's the Toyota F4. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, but there's better. When I drove my RAV4, I knew, like, this isn't the best car on the planet. Yeah, but there's times that wings get, so far off the track, they're almost like not even. Have you ever been to wing? Have you ever been to Wing Fest in Buffalo? So it's pretty. I'm actually judging it this year. No, no, no big deal. No big deal. And there's like a peanut butter and jelly wing. Like that's a little bit excessive. That's so kind that's of ridiculous. Where you draw the line. If it was just peanut butter, you'd be fine with it, right? <laughs> have you ever had a burger with peanut butter on it? Yeah, I tried that once. It's it was okay. Good. It was okay. Like you'd get it again. It's a gimmick. No, I wouldn't get it again. I tried it once. No. <laughs> okay, well, that's fair. Let me ask you this. While we have you, and yeah. we're not talking about chicken wings, give yes. me your most impressive player at training camp up to this point. I know it's a loaded question. No, it's not a loaded question. I, I got to say, this is this is so – watch this. Oh, she thinks she knows. I think I know. I'm going to say Diggs. I was going to say Diggs. Because the bar is so high, yeah. and I think he's exceeded it, especially this early in camp. I mean, when, you know, a lot of times guys cruise a little bit. No cruising for him. He is killing it. You know what's incredible is we went into the first day of training camp, and the whole Stefan Diggs off-the-field drama was such a thing. And then yeah. from that moment, first off, he destroyed that press conference. He did an unbelievable job. And then he has been so, so – I don't even think it's close – of anybody else. Like he has been far and away the best player on the field every single day they have played. It's almost automatic. And I know some of that goes to Josh. Sal's got something here. Sal's got, got something. something. Best player, maybe. Most impressive, though, because I, he has this bar. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Right. I have a different guy for most impressive. All Is right, it Dalton Kincaid? Dalton Kincaid. He's a rookie tight end. And yeah. like you don't come in this league as a rookie tight end and do the things we're seeing him do on a daily basis, as good as he's been doing it. I am so excited, Mike and Jetta here, for Dalton Kincaid and what he can bring. Yeah, I mean, the expectations for even a first-round pick are, you know, each step you would look at Kincaid. It's funny, the first day I said to the guys, 
uh, we got to put a moratorium on talking about Kincaid. It's the first day, and everybody's asking, and then Sean, the whole, let him have a practice. And then I watched him the next day, and I'm like, man, this guy looks good. <laughs> and he does. Now, now, I don't think they're going to ask him to block a lot. I don't. He hasn't been hit, really, by anybody yet. I mean, he talked about playing at Utah where he had more fans at Fisher than he had at Utah. <laughs> so all those things will be adjustments, but he he operates on the field like a guy who knows what he's doing. He's just so smooth. Yeah. Like I see him, he looks yes. so poised, the catch radius, just his ability. And he, he feels like he already has that rapport with Josh and just seeing that, like Mike is right. I mean, the expectations are, Mike is right. no, I shouldn't have said oh, that. Mike I should have phrased that wrong. Wait, does that happen a lot at work? You guys work together. Does, do you, does uh, she say Mike is right? Uh, sometimes, not a lot. I definitely, I say Dan is wrong. Dan, Dan is Fates wrong. is wrong all the time. Literally That's Dan Pace, by the way, she's referring to. The one thing I will say is, so we were recording this on Monday night. Monday was the first day when they had pads on, yep. and that was a big step for Dalton Kincaid because you're for like, sure. okay, anybody can look good in a T-shirt and shorts. Like, how do you look when you actually have pads on? And these guys are prideful. Like, they don't want a rookie coming in here and showing them up, all to, like, right out the bat, and – he continued like he had another good day today. And it's these little things of like him lining up in the slot and then being able to put the ball just a little bit further away from the linebacker or just a little bit closer to the sideline because he has that extensive catch radius that they didn't have with Cole Beasley. And I hate comparing him to a guy that played right. a completely different position, but it does feel like that's how they're going to use him. I remember talking to you about the podcast about like if he would set Bill's rookie tight end records, if he doesn't shatter them, you only need it, is a, it is a disappointment. The Bills, rookie tight end record. I, the Bills have a horrendous history of tight end production. Yeah. So he, there's a lot of numbers out there that a guy who can catch the ball can get. Who to. is the best tight end in Bill's history? I don't even know. Pete Metzlers. Pete Metzlers, yeah. Okay. Like, it's I mean, bad I that I probably so. don't even know that. I think there's not, like, be. a clear-cut answer. I actually think Dawson Knox is approaching that right now. He is. I mean, they had a guy, Jay Reimersma, for a few years. Yeah. I had such trouble with that name. I told these guys. <laughs> but, I mean, this was when it was like, oh, and remember when they got uh, – from the Miami Clay, everybody was like, "Oh, oh we're yeah. talking about Charles Clay." <laughs> yeah, some of the best seasons ever in Bills. And that's to his point about tight ends. He's one one of the most productive tight ends ever in a Bills uniform. Yeah, jo remember the Josh Allen the game in Miami. I, but I will say for the down. The game in Atlanta. You remember the game in Atlanta the year after they went to the Super Bowl? Charles Clay was unbelievable in that game. He made like a really great, like deep. I should like he was totally serviceable. He was dynamic, but, but the best. point is their history of pass catching tight ends, in especially when you know you go back way back, there weren't as many. But over the last 20 years, it has not been a position of strength at all. Yeah. No, Charles Clay was serviceable. He was not yeah. dynamic, and the Bills are hoping to have some type of dynamic thing, especially with Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. What do they talk about? The one-and-a-half personnel, all of that. But just seeing what Kincaid can do and the way he's been able to – what does Sean McDermott say? Like, stack good days. It's been impressive to see the rookie be able to do that. I, I'm, I look forward to continuing to watch him and see if he can continue to improve. What is the bar? How many catches does he need for you to say that this is – and I know there's a lot of factors here. I think 45 to 50, somewhere I was going to say, you sign I mean, up – you can expect 60, 70 catches, I don't think. I think that's a little too unrealistic. There's one football to go around for a lot of weapons Yeah, here. but think about how many vacated targets they have because of all the guys that they brought in at the end of the year. Obviously, like, there's a lot of things that they're going to need to figure out. That ball is going somewhere. Well, they still have Sherfield and yeah. Hardy. 50 catches is three a game. He better, right? I mean, Dawson Knox has been good. He's you know, high thirties, right? Yeah. No, sixty something now, but his his rookie year at thirty. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know. Hey, listen, well, we're gonna have you guys come back on. Go, you go to your fan club, say hi. We're gonna talk about a few more people. All right. This is Jenna. I think you guys know each other. By the way, talking about guys who look good in t-shirts and shorts, Mike Catalana. I've seen him in yeah, t-shirts and his Buffalo Plus merch. So, back on a minute. All right. So all we right, talked about. Dalton yes. Kincaid, probably enough. Do you want to get to our other training camp standouts five days in, five training camp standpoints up to the standouts up to this point? I would like to talk about the other people we have on our list. Yes. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. 
It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go ahead. All right. You set it up however you want to do it. Okay. We, before we started recording the podcast, wrote down five players each that we have been impressed with so far at training camp. We tried to not do the same person. We both kind of had Dalton Kincaid, and we both kind of had Stefan Diggs. So we can talk a little bit more about those guys, but we're also going to focus on some of the other people. I will start, and I'm going to start with another wide receiver, Gabe Davis. Like, I'm in on the Gabe Davis hype. I really do think that this is the year and I don't want to sound like a broken record because I said this a lot last season. It's not a secret that I'm a Gabe guy, but I think that injury really, really kind of hurt him more last year than maybe we gave it credit for. And I don't think he ever quite produced the way we expected. But the thing that's ridiculous is even if you look at his numbers, he smashed all of his previous career totals. So yeah, maybe there were a couple balls that he probably should have caught a couple drops that he would like back. But I think Gabe Davis is on the way to having a really good season and probably getting paid a ton of money. You make a really good point. I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, the talk about Gabe Davis has not been how productive he actually was and simply should pay him. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair necessarily to Gabe Davis. Yes, it's a conversation to have. But the bottom line is he's been very good. And, yes, I agree with you that the ankle really impacted him. This is one of the hardest workers on the team. Excuse me. The guy won the lifter of the year uh-huh. in the offseason. Second year in a row, he won it. He works harder than anybody. He's got a great perspective about being in the league, yeah. coming from where he was coming from, how he grew up. His mom, he's a great uh, relationship with her. He says she reminds him all the time. Just be thankful. You're wearing an NFL helmet mm-hmm. every single day. Go out there. Have fun. Don't worry about the money. I love that part of him. But I think he's been super good, too. In camp on Monday today, we're recording this. Great catch over top of Tredavious White yep. on the sideline in stride for a touchdown. Yeah, awesome. and you know the thing that I like about that one is that he made up for a catch that he probably wanted. It wasn't a drop, but it was a catch that you would have probably hoped he brought in along the sidelines. He then responded with another tough contested catch along the sidelines, and then that play happened a couple plays later. He's going to get a lot of targets, right? Stefan Diggs, of course, is always going to be the main target on this offense when he's healthy. Stefan Diggs saying that he thinks Gabe Davis could be a number one wide receiver if he wasn't right. on his team is not nothing. Let me ask you this before we get to our next player. Do the Bills give Gabe Davis a contract extension before the season? I was all in yes on this going back. I actually made this prediction after the end of the season. Someone said, give me a bull prediction for the offseason. I said, Gabe Davis gets paid before the start of the season. Yeah, I feel like that's not going to happen now, but I still think it's very possible. Is that because so, of the Ed Oliver contract? No. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did, and I do think that they will still want to keep him in the fold. Do you think he doesn't because Ed got one, or do you think it doesn't matter? I think it does matter a little bit, Okay, but that's not the reason. I think the reason just comes down to can we pay our number two wide receiver the kind of money number two wide receivers are getting in the NFL yeah. now? I mean, look what's happening in Cincy. They they can't pay T. Higgins probably, right? Yeah. I mean, They'll they, figure out a way. Well, I don't know if they will, but I'm saying like it's hard to pay your quarterback and two wide receivers going forward. The Bills are going to have to make that decision. All right. We said Kincaid. We said Davis. We said Diggs. I mean, we said Bale Inspector. Are we going to still touch on him? You want to go? Well, the the guy that we both talked about. Yeah, well, the thing about Bale Inspector is I don't know if we're getting to the point where it's like, oh, he's going to start, but I think he's going to make the team. He's been impressive, And that's the thing that you need to check with him. Like, Let me ask you this. Has he impressed you at linebacker? He's impressed me. Yes. He made a great play in coverage the other day. Yes. Getting going deep. 
knocking the ball away from Kincaid before it got. Yes. Yeah, so, well, we talked about the deep ball to Diggs, but I mean, like, there's a lot of people who get burned by Stefan Diggs. That's not, you know, isolated to Baylor Inspector. I think he has exceeded my expectations. I will say that I did not even, we didn't even talk about him as the, you know, we talked about Dorian Williams, Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dodson. Well, Dorian Williams is basically playing a different position right now. That could change down the road, but Balen Spector has inserted himself into that conversation. And the fact that he's even getting the reps tells you a lot because what was he a seventh round pick last year a sixth yep, round pick yep. he made the team he stuck around a year under his belt i think balen specter makes this team oh i don't doubt he made it last year as a rookie i, I don't see why he wouldn't the question is does he start a middle linebacker i don't know i still i think he has a chance i agree with you. he doesn't but i do think he's been impressive i like what he's put out there so far i think dodson is just the sure-handed guy i think they know what they're getting out of him and week one against the Jets, that's what they want. They want what they they want to know what they're getting. All right. Well, speaking of middle linebacker, you have Terrell Bernard on your list of guys that have been impressive. Yeah, to you. because I think that he's made the competition tougher than I thought he would. Why is that impressive to you? Just because like he looks the part. Like he's rangy. He gets around. He looks like he's communicating well. It doesn't look like they skip a beat. They put pads on for the first time today. Right. So like a lot of this is based off of how do you look at a one on one drill? How do you look when you're off to the side? How are you communicating? It is really too early to know like, oh, this guy's going to be the starter. Oh, this guy's not going to be. You can kind of get the trends of like, oh, Dalton Kincaid might be really good with those guys. I think it takes a little bit longer to try and figure that out. I think we will really know probably two weeks after the first preseason game, after we see how they divide the snaps, after we see how long they play, I think that tells you a lot, especially now with three preseason games and not four. I think you can kind of put the pieces together of what this team is going to look like. I asked Sean McDermott, do you have a timeline, a deadline, when yeah. you want to have a starter? He said, I have my own time timeline. Uh, like in his head, he wouldn't say what it is. What do you think that is? When do you think he wants to know who his starter before is? Before the second preseason game. Okay, I was going to say before the third. I think he gives it to maybe to look at two guys. Yeah. I think going into the third preseason game, you want to know who your starting middle linebacker is. But that's to me though, it's not. It's not after that. It's got. It can't be right before the. Season. I think you want to know before your second because you don't want your starter to play in the third game. Good point. That's why I think you probably want to know so you see what your rotation looks like, and then after that, you can have your sure answer of like, okay, this guy's starting. He's going to be one of the thirty guys that we bring to. Chicago for the final. Is that it? Chicago. He's one of the 30 guys we bring to Chicago. Who's just going to run up and down the field before the game. And then they're going to wear a bucket hat and sit on the sideline. Well, one of the guys that's been impressive to me that will be one of those guys that night has been the quarterback, Josh Allen. I mean, honestly, yeah. I know it's a no brainer, but he, you talk, Mike Catalana said days. We had the conversation. Josh was on fire the other day, hitting digs. He was on fire hitting Dalton. Kincaid. Yeah. I understand you can't hit the quarterback. It's always he should look good. The quarterback should always look good in training camp. Mm -hmm. But this guy just takes it to another level. He just seemingly hits passes all over the field at all times. It's the like weapons that he has in the bag that are so impressive. And that's what's always been impressive about him. And he's added the short stuff. He's added the intermediate stuff over the time. But, I mean, the guy just stretches the field consistently at a really impressive clip. The intermediate stuff, especially with Diggs and with Kincaid, has looked automatic. The screen game, they've had some good stuff and some bad stuff. But I like that they're trying it because that's been non-existent for the Bills. When's the last time they had a screen pass that really, really worked or a consistent right. screen game offense? They haven't had that. I think they're trying these things. That's what training camp yeah. needs to be. Try these things out. They've been trying them with Damian Harris. Haven't worked great. They've been trying them with James Cook. Those have worked a little bit better. Also, I'm not talking about him as one of my guys, but I think Latavius Murray might like actually get more snaps on offense than I thought he was going to. I think that might be closer to the amount of snaps Damian Harris gets than I would have initially thought. So something to keep an eye on. Name Hines injury. You never want to see it this way, but it's been beneficial for Latavius Murray. Yes. To get more looks. Yeah, no, for sure. And then the guy that I did want to mention, one of my other players was actually somebody Eric Washington mentioned earlier on Monday. It's Tim Settle. Tim Settle had his first press conference the day that they signed Vaughn and that they introduced Vaughn and he walked out with the penguin tie and he started screaming and everybody was like, wow, this guy is just going to be so much fun. He never really flashed consistently last year. You always wondered, because when they signed him from Washington, everybody in Washington was like, wow, you're going to love this guy. He would have got on the field a lot if he wasn't in such a stacked defensive line. Then he never really got on the field or he didn't make a huge impression when he did. 
I think he might be part of that rotation more this year. And I also think that helps them down the road. Because when you think about the playoff game, they were banged up at defensive tackle. That ended up hurting them. If they can have a little bit more of a healthy rotation throughout the year and Tim Settle's a part of that, then I think you're probably happy with having him on the roster. Yeah, I was disappointed. Especially in, with Jordan Phillips on Pup still. Yeah, that's right. You know, they signed Puna Ford. It's going to help. Yeah. And Puna Ford's a big signing. I expected more from Tim Settle last year. I think he has a lot more to give, a lot more to bring. It made sense what Eric Washington said. He said he didn't understand how to be a penetrator from the nose tackle spot like we want him to. Mm -hmm. Full year in, that should help him. But he's got to be better against the run, too. That was a, an issue last year. I thought that he never fully got the speed of what I think was expected of him on that count. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't – when he was in Washington, he was super efficient. When he's on the field, really good. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that efficiency last year from Tim Settle. Yeah, I think that he's going to make the team. I don't think that he's going to be, you know, on the field a ton. Does Jordan Phillips have a chance of not making the team if he doesn't get back healthy? No, I don't think so. I think he'll still make the team. I think he could be somebody they start on pup to try and buy themselves a little Keeping bit of time. Keeping five D tackles? Huh? Keeping five D, ta D tackles? So Daquan, Ed, Tim. Tim Puna and Jordan oh, Phillips? Oh, Puna, yeah. You forget about Puna. I think 10 is their max for defensive line. I think if you take the entire defensive line, 10 With is Vaughn their max. Pup too would help. That's what I mean. If you put Vaughn on pup, or if you put Jordan Phillips or both on Pup, you buy yourselves a little bit of time. Yep. So, I mean, Leonard Floyd's a no-brainer. Greg Rousseau's a no-brainer. After that, though, A.J. Epinesa has looked pretty good so far at camp. After that, though, you know, that's eight guys. Like, you still have a couple other decisions. Is there anybody I'm forgetting that's like a no-brainer? Uh, well, if you're talking about DN? Just like, defensive line in general. Floyd, let me look at my roster here. Well, so you have Shaq Lawson, who you got to figure out. Is Shaq Greg Lawson Rousseau, making Leonard this team? Floyd. Boogie Basham, does he make the team? I don't think he's a no-brainer. Shane Shaq Ray? Up. I think Kingsley Jonathan has a shot. Does Shane Ray make the team? Probably not. Probably not. Practice squad guy, right? Oh, yeah, if you can keep him there. I mean, that. yeah, that'll be – I mean, yeah, if you want to keep him there, I think you can for sure. Um, I think Elianku, he's always been a guy they could use, but probably practice squad to get that guy in the practice yeah. squad. All right, I'm going to stay on the defensive side. I forgot to tell you this guy when we went over it, but oh, my gosh. I think Jordan Poyer yeah. has looked as healthy yeah, and as he looks good. Yeah. He has his whole oh, career. Oh, it's crazy. He's looked amazing. Yeah, that interception that he had on Sunday was impressive. He made a crazy slide-in interception. I believe it was on Friday, day three of camp. He is all over the place. Keep in mind, everybody, the Bills did not play a game with their fully healthy defense last year. Now, it's going to take them a little while to get to that point, but Micah gets hurt week two. Trey was still out then. Vaughn gets hurt in the middle of the year. Then Trey comes back that same game, but, same game, but you're already without Micah. Like this year, you could be getting a healthy Von Miller back at some point. You're also getting a healthy Micah Hyde. Right. And you're getting a less banged up Jordan Poyer. When Jordan Poyer was healthy last year, he was dynamic. He battled injuries all year. He had a drive to Kansas City to play in that game because he couldn't fly with the punctured lung. Right. So those safeties look like the real deal. Well, to me, he's moving around great. He looks healthy. He looks energetic. And the same can be said for Tredavious White. Tredavious White, I like to call him confident Trey. He's got his he's, swagger back. Got his swagger, uh, no doubt. He's boisterous. He's having fun. He's bouncing around. I have not seen that from him in over a year because when he came back last year with the injury, he seemed like he was just too afraid to be like that because of the injury and not and starting to stay focused. I love what I've seen from him. He's gotten beat by Gabe a couple times, but that's okay. You're going to have battles. Well, you also, also made great plays. Yeah. I mean, he's had some really good plays. The one-on-ones are where you see the confidence, right? Like when he's going up against his other guys on offense and he just looks like he wants to make, it does not look like he's trying to not make a mistake. It looks like he's trying to be dynamic. He's trying to make a play. I thought as Trey recovered last year, as we got a little bit further into the playoffs and into the season, he got a little bit better each week but he never fully looked like himself. We won't know if he fully looks like himself until he's actually on the field in a real game, but he's going to get tested early. He's got Garrett Wilson basically right off the top, and if it's not Garrett Wilson, it's yep. Alan Lazard. Like He's getting tested, and he's got to be the guy that can be their lockdown corner. This defense needs him to be. They need a legitimate lockdown corner, especially with the questions we have at cornerback too. So I think Trey was a very good one on your part. I will go back to offense for my last guy that I haven't talked about. It's James Cook. Agreed 100%. A couple podcasts ago, I said I thought the, the split between Damian Harris and James Cook could be closer than a lot of people thought. I was wrong. I'm already willing to admit I was wrong. 
they want James Cook to be their starting running back to the point where Ken Dorsey, I think it was a slip-up, in his press conference, said that they were looking for the guys that could complement Cook. And then he quickly corrected himself and said, well, they guys that complement each other, That's right. They are, even though they won't say it, I feel like in their head they think James Cook is their starting running back. I think he's looked fantastic. Two things I want to say about James Cook. Number one, it's almost to the point where I think we can already say he's the guy. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a doubt. It's his backfield. Damien Harris will be the backup. You'll use him. Latavius Murray can come in. Number two, and I think this is really important. Last year, what did we talk about James Cook more than anything this time of year? Pass catching, route running, great receiver out of the backfield. Because he wasn't going to be the man because it was Devin Singletary. We have not actually talked about that part of his game enough because we're so focused on how much he's going to run the ball. Matt, he's looked great out of the backfield catching the ball. He runs great routes. He has great hands. And he's going to be the main running back. Well, that's the bigger takeaway right now because every running back during training camp looks good because they're not getting taken to the grounds. They're just getting wrapped up. It looks like every play would be a four, five, six-yard run. So it's not the runs that have impressed me. It's the way his teammates have talked about him, and it's the utilization that they've used in the passing game. They're sending him down the field. They're sending him out wide. They're putting him in intermediate stuff. They're using him all over the place. Well, James Cook, to me, has almost solidified that spot. We'll see how much run some of the guys in the back end of the roster get going forward. All right, the last guy I want to bring up, because it comes with a question. You said, now and a commentary, you said you were wrong about James Cook. I was wrong about Osiris Torrance. Yeah. I said, I don't see any way Osiris Torrance is going to beat out Ryan Bates. I think they might think differently the way they've been treating him. So I was over at my in-law's house the other day, and the first question my father-in-law had for me Blaze, by the way, that's his real name, my father-in-law, Blaze. He asked about Osiris Torrance. He was like, does he have a chance? And I said, he's got a chance. I don't think it's a great chance, but I think he's got a chance to get on the field. A couple days after having that conversation, I think the chance is a little bit greater. I still don't think he does. I still think Ryan Bates is going to be the starting guard week one when they roll out against the Jets. But they're giving Torrance some reps. Like, that means something. They want to see what he can do. Did you see today that... More Mitch Morris didn't take a lot of reps, and I don't know what happened, but he didn't go off the field. He didn't really have a trainer near him, but he was on the sidelines a lot. So I don't know what the deal was, but Ryan Bates switched to center, so Torrance go to guard. That's part of the reason. But even independent of that, Matt, Torrance has been getting looks at the first team. Well, keep in mind, when we talk about getting on the fields, he could get on the field one of two very obvious ways. They don't like Ryan Bates' play, or something happens to Mitch Morse. Because if that happens, they will slide Bates over and then Torrance will go in. So he's got multiple opportunities of ultimately getting onto the field. And that's why I think there is a chance we see him play. They also might trust Morse enough that they can just kind of lighten the workload for him and see how Bates does at center just in case something does happen. I mean, call a spade a spade. Mitch Morris has had some injuries and some concussion problems over the last couple of years. They probably want to make sure that they're prepared in case something happens even though they're certainly not hoping it does because he was their best offensive lineman last year. All right. What else you got on the Bills? Anything you want to talk about before we move on and do a couple of things that have happened around the league and what their impacts might be? Just your general impressions. What do you feel five days removed from training camp? Do you feel better about them, the same, worse? How do you feel? I feel better about them than because of all the hype the other teams, like the Jets and Dolphins and everything, once you then you're like, oh my god, are they really caught up to the Bills? Then I go out there and watch them, I'm like, oh yeah, they're the Bills. They're really good. And yeah. Look at them. And the Stephen Diggs stuff is behind them. That's a big piece of it. Yeah. Don't have to worry about that anymore. I feel better where I am now with them, watching them, than I did a week or two ago because I feel like they're the same really terrific team that I've seen. And it's business as usual training camp. The thing that I keep going back to is how good Allen and Diggs looks. I think that's a big thing for this team. Like, I think that needs to be one of those certainties. You have a lot of uncertainty going into the year. All of the things we've talked about, middle linebacker, cornerback, what's going to happen with injuries, all this stuff. As long as you have those two, you have Josh Allen and you have Stefan Diggs, you're going to have a dynamic offense, especially yes. with Josh Allen. He's so good. He's the best player in the division. He's one of the best players in the entire NFL. You look around the division and you go, oh, yeah, this team got better. This team got better. Right now, you take Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers. You take him over Tua. You take him over anybody in the division. He is still the best player. So even if the gap has 
let's say, narrowed a little bit, you still got the best guy. You still got the guy that everybody's chasing. They're probably going to take a step back. They won 13 games last year. You can take a step. You can take a step back and still be the one seed. You could win 12 games and be the one seed this year. You could win 11 games and be the two seed or the three seed. We've spent so much time the last couple of years talking about the importance of the one seed. I think there's something there. It is important. I also think you just have to get in. You got to get in and you got to get hot at the right time because the team that had the fewest wins, that team in the 13 seconds here. They got hot at the right time, and that's why they looked like they were the closest to ultimately winning a Super Bowl, even though they didn't make it to the AFC Championship. Get hot at the right time. Stay healthy. Get hot at the right time. That's what they need to do. You getting hungry? I'm getting hungry. Eh, I could wait, but okay. yes, I'm very hungry for wings. I did. I kind of skipped lunch today okay, yeah, because yeah. I knew that I was going to have a lot of chicken wings this year. Well, evening. you know what? We, we, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about bounce around the league for real quickly here, and then we can start to wrap this up. And yeah. Thank you, everybody here at Barbill for coming out to, uh, tonight. I know there's a lot of people want to kind of say hi to Jenna and Mike over there. We'll interrupt them because they're sitting over there. But we thank everybody coming out just the same. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right. So, Joe Burrow. Actually, let's start with Jalen Ramsey in the division. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Oh, until at least December. Huge blow. Big loss. For the Big loss. I mean, who's their main offense, excuse me, their main defensive addition, that and Vic Fangio. But now you lose the player. You have questions. Who's going to play corner for you? Are you going to go with the rookie? Are you going to go with the guy they drafted a couple of years ago who's kind of been a disappointment? That's uh, Noah Igbenogany, I don't right? even want to try and say the name. And, and I agree. That's a great point because Igbenogany has not been everything they've wanted. No. and I mean, That's why they signed Jalen Ramsey. No. And you, you, we follow people around the league. And obviously, Marcel was on the Bills beat for a while. So you see the stuff that he's doing. You see the coverage that he has from the Dolphins. It's a huge blow. A lot of people think Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in the NFL. I do not think that anymore. I think the Bills have actually had a lot of success against Jalen Ramsey since 2017 in that playoff game. But you know what I mean? Like, that's one less guy you have to worry about, especially because I don't think it's going to be much. But Xavier Howard looked like he took a little bit of a step back last yeah. year. I'm not writing him off. I feel like it's a similar situation to Tredavious White. Like, he's still Xavier Howard. He's still going to be a problem for this team, but now you don't got two guys like that, and that's yeah. a difference. Well, we'll see exactly how that plays out in Miami, but let's remember, folks, we were told that Von Miller may be actually like coming back, and then all of a sudden, hey, we went in and cleaned it up, and there was an ACL, and he was out for the year. All right, Joe Burrow gets hit. Joe Burrow, I mean, he gets hurt. Excuse yes. me. He had a non-contact injury, starts running around with his – calf holding it it seemed like it was a calf injury yeah look like it could be achilles they didn't call an achilles uh-huh. say it's a calf strain but it could be several weeks he's going to be out for a bit of the preseason here he missed last year preseason with an injury remember he had uh didn't he have like an appendectomy or something like that yeah. i think last he's year? missed time in the preseason yeah. i think like three years in a row or something no doubt about it no doubt so a team that obviously is also having Super Bowl expectations, you don't want to see that from your quarterback, but no. it should impact him unless he's going to miss any regular season time. Same thing can be said for Garrett Wilson, his ankle injury with the Jets, uh, which I'll get to in a minute. You just want to be cohesive. You want to use this time, and obviously any time that's not on task for Burrow with his guys, that's going to impact them. The crisis averted, it looks like, with Burrow. Even if he misses several weeks, thank you. Even if he misses several weeks, you know what I mean? As long as he's back by the regular season, you're probably – if you're a Bengals fan, you're like, oh, good. Because you saw that injury happened. He's rolling right. out to his side. He basically buckles. He falls over. He's got to get carted off. 
Not ideal, certainly, but even if he misses a week or two, it's a lot better than it looks like it could have been. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a Bengals fan, you're worried, but I don't think the sky is falling, at least not yet. Garrett Wilson, the reason why I bring him, this is not a serious injury. He's going to be back. He's an it's ankle injury. It's just time with Rodgers. Man, his time with Rodgers. Yeah. He didn't have a lot anyway. No. I mean, gosh, I a mean, couple weeks. One, I think this is big. You think it's big? I think it's big for them to make sure they're on the same trajectory leading into week one. It won't be big for the season. Let me ask you this. Does Dalvin Cook sign with the Jets? I think he does. Why? Because the Jets are doing everything to go all in. Yeah. They are doing everything. And are they sure Brees Hall is going to be back? No. No, you're right. They, they won't have a good running back situation without no. Brees Hall. It probably gives you a much better outlook at the beginning of the season while you're waiting for Brees Hall to come back. You can ease Brees Hall back into it. But what does that take? A month? And then what do you do? Because Delvin Cook needs touches to be effective. Right. And Agreed. Brees Hall Agreed. was really good last year. I don't think you're taking touches away from Brees Hall. But then if you have both of them, you're taking throws away from Aaron Rodgers, I who you brought that, here to try and I, win you a division title. Agreed 100%, but I think their approach is we're going to collect all this talent because we need to win, and we'll figure it out. The, the thing about the Jets is that they were still pretty good last year without having anybody. You know, their quarterback situation was the worst in the NFL, you could make the argument, and they still won a bunch of games. Well, not a bunch of games. They still won seven games. So maybe you're trying to give yourselves as many ways to win games as possible if something happens to Rodgers. He's older. If Brees Hall takes longer to come back, because you know you've got this person in your pocket, basically with Delvin Cook. I, I just, I don't, I guess it depends on the money. Like if the money is insignificant, then you do it. It's a no-brainer. It is also weird that he hasn't signed with the team yet. No, I, I agree. Well, he probably wants a little bit more. I'm glad. I don't want the Bills to sign Delvin Cook, what no. we said about James Cook. I also don't want them to go after Jonathan Taylor. I was going to say, do you think they should trade for Jonathan Taylor? No, of course not. Let me ask you this right now. I agree I agree with you. Would you trade, He's great, though. <laughs> would you trade James Cook for Jonathan Taylor straight up? Probably. I don't think the Bills would. I'm just, ask, I'm just asking hypothetical. Not, it's not a one-for-one one talent. It's a... You got to give him a contract. Yes. You're going to bring him in here. He's going to get paid. It's not worth it. No. You can't do it. Well, Asset, contract, running back. Come on. You're right. But it certainly helps you in a short term window. It helps you this year, right? I think he wants money now, though, doesn't he? Probably. That's what you'd have to figure out. Would he play a year with his last, you know, real? If he didn't, if he said it fine, I'll play the year and write it out. I don't know if you can do that. I mean, oh, man. I don't know. Maybe you could. It's That's tough. It. I think that uh, I would. The Bills won't do it. Like, look, they got a cost-controlled running back for the next three years. They will not be doing this. But it's an interesting conversation. I'm in a group message, probably just like you are with a bunch of my buddies from Fantasy, and that's the immediate thing. It's like, hey, Jonathan Taylor, and I haven't even seen the odds, but I'd imagine the Bills are one of the favorites to land them. They always are when it comes to these running yeah, backs. Yes, they were on, like, the fourth team odds-wise. Yeah. I got an email today. Yeah, I just – it's not going to happen. What else you got? What are you at? We're here at Barbell. We got Bills. We got NFL. Anything else? You tell me I think, before we I wrap think, this up. I think going back to just the overall thought about training camp, they're, they're still really good, and you're reminded of that when you see them. Yeah, 100%. You forget. Like right. It's almost like a player that wins MVP every year, like when LeBron wins MVP, and you're like, oh, we got to try and find somebody else to give this to because we just can't have this every single year. So you go out to Bill's practice, their offense has these playmakers. And I know around the league, there's not as many guys as notable. Like you have digs and then there's a pretty big drop off, but they're got a lot of guys. Deontay Hardy looks like he could be a difference maker. Obviously we've talked about a lot about Dalton Kincaid. Imagine if Dawson Knox is a one B or a one A and Kincaid is a one B. Like you're getting more dynamic there. You like what you see out of James Cook, the offensive line. Still too early to have a read on that because, you know, they've been playing patty cake for the last couple of days. You, you're just reminded how good this rock. They won 13 games last year, and they weren't even healthy. Like, that's pretty impressive. 13 games weren't healthy, and think about what they went through. You had the Bar Hamlin stuff. You had a game moved for from weather. Buffalo to Detroit against Cleveland, lost practice, then had to play a game four days later again in Detroit on Thanksgiving, and you scrap. It's just... They're good. They lost three games by a total of eight points last year. I feel like people nationally are just way too down on them, and it just doesn't make sense to me. We want to thank everybody for listening, coming out to Barbell. If you came out here, we're going to yeah. hopefully do more of this. Yeah. Location. Yeah. And, you know, wherever that may be. And if you come out to training camp, say hi. So we got a week plus of training camp. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to push for the North Town's location if All we right. do it. Just a little yeah. bit closer to Grand Island, a little bit closer. But 
yeah, I, I like this. It's been really cool to just chat with people before we started recording. Hopefully they go and they listen to this episode, yeah. obviously. But, you know, you get to combine some stuff that's really fun. Talking about the Bills and Cajun Honey Butter Barbecue Wings, which are the best wings on the planet, in we, my opinion. We want to thank Jenna and Mike for joining us here for a little while. They're at the uh, drop at the bar and enjoying their time with their yeah. fans. Yeah, Jenna Thank said you. she wanted to eat. Jenna, she's going to go eat. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to eat as well. Thank you so much, everybody, coming out. Barbell tonight. La- la- downloading, listening. Yep. iTunes, Spotify, Co- uh, South Sports on YouTube. And thank you to Lucas Buck. Thank you, Lucas. Great job helping us get all this set up backstage as well. Yeah, for sure. I was a little nervous. You kind of talked me down a little. I was nervous about this. I was nervous uh, about taking this r- show on the road. You go on TV all the time. What are you nervous about? Yeah, I At go least. on TV all the time, but I go on TV in yeah. front of the camera. So I all the stuff behind this, like plugging all this stuff in and trying to get everything connected and the microphone, like I hope the microphone sounds okay. <laughs> we haven't been listening to ourselves because we're sitting across the table from each other. So these are the things that you're like trying to figure out of like, okay, let's make sure... I am lucky that I have other people whose job it is to make me look like somewhat competent at seven. I don't have that here. I got to make myself look like I know what I'm talking you, about. You, you were awesome, buddy. You were awesome. Thank you. As you, hey, great show. Thank you Good so show. much. Thank you all for listening. For Matt, I'm Sal. We'll talk to you next time from Bill's training camp somewhere along the way. Come on out. If you see us at St. John Fisher, make sure you give us a shout and say hi. Thanks a lot for listening to It's Always Game Day in Buffalo.